Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Uh. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby, go. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. Uh, it's Dennis and I right now. We think uh, Matt will be joining us shortly. But uh, Dennis, how is was your weekend? Man, I had a pretty good weekend. We were busy, busy, busy at work. But as it turned out, I didn't happen to beat that, I guess. Um Bought a new garage door. Can't wait to pay somebody to put that in. So, you know, just spend spending money. My wife spending my fantasy football money. Well, I know I uh, I like uh, our friend Matt saw, saw the Batman, which was uh, which was fun. But then, you know, last week we had gorgeous seventy degree days, and it was like, oh, it's spring upon us. Sunday morning, it was 20 degrees and snowing. Today, I'm not even sure we got to 20 degrees, and it's still snowing. And um, just a reminder that uh, when spring is not yet sprung here. Well, we had a couple beautiful days. It was in the low to mid-70s, and so it was great to not have to go in, though it did rain about four inches starting late later yesterday evening through to this morning. And for the record, I just want to say, if anybody's spending anybody's money, I'm spending my wife's money because she makes a lot more of it than I do. Amen. Plus, happy wife, happy life. That's right. Well, the uh, the NFL Combine wrapped up over the weekend, so we will have some thoughts on that. And then we will also get to uh, a few quarterbacks, and we will handicap where we think their landing spots are going to be. Just a reminder, a week from today begins the legal tampering period with free agency officially beginning next Wednesday, the 16th. So the new league year was announced. Uh, it announced the sal- the salary cap, which is two hundred and eight million and change, just a cool two hundred and eight million and change. Uh, and they announced the franchise tag and tender amounts. A couple of guys have gotten tagged. Uh, Njoku got tagged by Cleveland. Jesse Bates got tagged by Cincinnati, and Orlando Brown got tagged by the Chiefs. But we will have a full reaction to everyone that gets a franchise tag on the Friday show since the tag deadline is tomorrow. And I imagine there are going to be a lot of interesting uh, choices up there. A lot of rumors, maybe Devonte Adams, maybe Chris Godwin, uh, maybe the bears will franchise tag Allen Robinson again, just to keep him from playing football. You never know. Sorry, bears fans. Uh, but the news that we did get today uh, started out with a doozy Calvin Ridley, uh, who we last saw play in October 
uh, before he had to sit out the rest of the season dealing with some personal issues, has been suspended for at least, and I love the part, at least the entire 2022 season as he was found to have gambled on professional football. So uh, kind of a shocking turn of events. How does that hit you, Dennis? Well, I'm fortunate that I only have two shares across 20 dynasty teams. But, I mean, the rules are the rules, and it's easy to point to the NFL's partnerships with gaming organizations and gambling organizations. But the rule is you can't bet on NFL games if you're an NFL player. It, you know, there's I don't think there's a rule that says you can't bet. It's just you just can't bet on the NFL. It's pretty simple. He broke that rule. Um, I don't think... You know, a lot of people are drawing equivalencies to um, spousal abuse and partner abuse and sexual assaults, all of those things. I don't think you need to reduce the punishment for what Ridley did. I think you need to be a little bit more uh, aggressive with the punishments for those those other things. Um, that's just my two cents. You know, he broke a rule. And I, I think the most interesting part of it was that you know, the Falcons were getting calls and offers and, and they basically just shut their mouth and said, no, we're not going to move him because they knew the investigation was going on. At least that's what's being reported. And, uh, you know, it's, they're not like that fantasy manager that has not that uh, heard the news and is offering Ridley for a second to somebody before hoping they didn't hear the news or Ridley for a third hoping they haven't heard the news yet. The Falcons didn't do that. So that was kind of nice being stand-up folks. I do think with him definitely being out this year, it might be a harbinger for a complete and total rebuild. You know, they could eat some of uh, Matt Ryan's salary, move him somewhere where he can be a, a, a contender uh, and still eat some of his salary. You know, they're going to save $11 million, I think, from Ridley's salary. Um, but maybe it's time for them to kind of tear it all down, uh, let our, Arthur Smith build a team that uh, as he sees fit. Yeah, there's a couple of things. The, the first, the, it is an issue of the integrity of the game. Um, you know, I had this back and forth with somebody on Twitter today. I, I'm in agreement with you. The personal conduct things are a, you know, people talk about that as being integrity. That is a kind of personal integrity. And I wish the NFL maybe would take that more seriously. Um, it bothers me. You know, I personally don't roster Tyreek Hill anywhere just because I'm not a fan of what he's done off the field. I recognize he, he has a talent, but there are a lot of those kind of integrity that is kind of a different kind of integrity than when it comes to the integrity of the game, which we've seen not just the NFL, but all sports have always had a zero tolerance policy for anything that, potentially could lead people to believe that the games are anything but fair athletic contests. Now we, you know, we complain about officiating things like that. Those are all kind of parts of that game process that are baked in. And, you know, by all accounts, Ridley didn't, uh, he wasn't playing at the time that he made these bets and he allegedly did not bet on his team to lose. He bet on them to win, which might lead to some other questions about his gambling acumen, but you know, you just can't have it be known that players are betting on the game. And we've seen a long history of those when it gets discovered. 
you are out for at least a period of time, or like in the case of some of those famous baseball players never got in, never got their, uh, you know, career numbers on the field acknowledged. The other thing that I think for, for dynasty, I'm, I was going to ask you if you, I own, I have one share of Ridley. I think this is the worst time to try to trade him as much as it sucks. I think you've got to sit on that because I've seen people, you know, Ridley's maybe worth a fourth round pick in the 2022 draft. I'd rather hold Ridley for a year and hope he plays again than whatever I'm getting in the fourth round, but I don't know how you feel. Well, I was in a 12 team super flex tight end premium. I was offered the 305 and the 310. Yeah, I would pass. Yeah, me too. I actually tagged the somebody. I, I, you know, it's, I get it. You're going to try, you, you want to strike like, I bought low on Saquon Barkley when he was injured. I bought low on Joe Burrow and Dak Prescott when they were injured. George Kittle. So I I get the process behind it. Um, And I think if it was if it was a maybe a mid second, I I might sell him for a mid second. Um, Even especially if maybe it was a twenty three mid second. You know that might that might entice me. You know, maybe the, the three, five, and, and a um, a player that that I don't like, kind of thing, and you know, so I, you know, a deal. There's a deal to be made, but I, I just feel like if you're going to offer me the three hundred five and three ten, which are basically lottery tickets, anyways, I just assume play the lottery with a known talent. Yeah, and it will be interesting. I, I almost wonder if Atlanta goes the a little bit of the route of Detroit because of the the cost and everything with Ryan. I think it's after this year that it becomes easier to get out of it. Do you use these picks to maybe get a young wide receiver that then can learn with a veteran coach to improve the lines, the defense, some of the other things? If if the Falcons got a couple of pieces, given the way the NFC South is sitting right now with huge unknowns in Tampa Bay, Carolina, and New Orleans, Atlanta might actually have one of the better shots to win. So they're kind of in a weird uh, situation, too. You already have Kyle Pitts. We saw Russell Gage kind of stepping up. Uh, there's a lot of possibilities. I'll be curious to see what they do. Um, one player that we also know will not be back is tight end Jack Doyle, Indianapolis Colt, played for nine years, has decided to retire. Uh, how does this strike you, Dennis? You know, he did not look uh, – I mean, he was very Jason Whitten-Ian, Whitten-Ian uh, last season. Did not move well, was just kind of uh, – he played hard, but man, you could tell that the years of injuries have kind of uh, sapped his uh, his mobility and his strength. Um, I think it's it's time. Um, you know, Indianapolis has some opportunities. They need a second receiver across from. Basically, right now, it's a good offensive line, Pittman and, and Jonathan Taylor, and they need to. Uh, uh, add some talent at the skill positions. 
Yeah, and a lot of questions in Indianapolis, including among their quarterback, who's one of the guys we will talk about in a little bit. Well, transitioning from uh, those pieces of the NFL to the guys that are coming into the NFL, we uh, talked a little bit about the combine, wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends on Friday. Uh, the running backs were going as we were on the air, so we are going to talk about them. And then we saw a couple of notable defensive performances. But Dennis, what stood out to you for the balance of the combine? Well, I think from the running back position, you know, the top three guys, even with Spiller not really doing anything, they kind of cemented themselves as the top three guys. It's Hall, it's Walker, it's Spiller. Um, you know, I think Spiller is going to be fine at his pro day. He'll produce well. Walker, a little shorter than I expected at five foot nine, but at five nine to eleven, that's that's a pretty solid running back. Uh, he looked decent in the passing drills. He did not look like he was not fighting to the ball when it was thrown to him. So I, I think that uh, you can kind of check that box. It, it'll come down to how well can he protect in the passing game. Brees Hall clearly looks like the number one guy in this class. And with the relative strength of the quarterback class, I think you're going to see a lot of Brees Hall going at the 101 and Superflex as well. Uh the quarterbacks, I think they did, uh, you know, Malik Willis look good. It's it's still a situation. You've got one guy with a high ceiling, that's Malik Willis. And then you've got some other guys that, you know, are that their ceiling is probably QB 10. Um, you know, guys like uh, Ritter, uh, you know, he looked pretty good. Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell. You know, they all did what they were supposed to at the combine. Um, it was it was nice to see lots of speed at the wide receiver position. That was uh, interesting to see. Um, Traylon Burks. I, it's hard not to get wrapped up in the excitement of guys running four threes. And then you've got Burks come out and run a four, five, five. I think it was uh, amended to a four five, but I like what Burks does. It would have been nice to see a little more from him in the explosion drills, the broad jump, the, the vertical. Um, but there's not a lot of big receivers. There's a lot of small that I think are going to be able to produce, but there's only a couple guys in Burks and London that kind of have that alpha profile. Uh, Pickens, I think, had flashed a little bit, but he hasn't been consistent. Um, Well, you may have locked up there. I did. God darn it. Well, uh, yeah, I think for me, one of the takeaways of is that are, that are going to be productive, but I don't know that there's a, a Jonathan Taylor or a uh, Kyle Pitts, um, you know, an AJ Brown in this, in this uh, rookie class. Yeah, I think I was going to say that I think one of the takeaways for me, I was very impressed, um, you know, Saturday and Sunday when we got the defenders out there. This might be a better uh, defense defenders draft than, you know, some of the offensive skill players, which is good for NFL terms, maybe not great for fantasy. I think that's why you've seen a lot of varying opinions on the class of 2022 kind of bailing out. But I would agree with you. Brees Hall probably helped himself to solidify the number one 
Um, I was glad to hear you say you you weren't jumping out on Spiller. I saw a few people with a little bit of overreaction uh, with him not wanting to run and not having some incredible drills there saying, well, I guess he's no longer a top three consideration. I think that's probably a little bit of an overreaction. But one of the guys that probably was on the cusp of maybe being in a top tier that seemed to take a massive hit at the combine is Kyron Williams, who came in a little bit smaller than people had hoped for and ran a 47840, um, which is the same 40 that defensive tackle Jordan Davis ran. So, Dennis, thoughts on Kyron Williams? You know, I I think if you it was his official time was a four six five. If you if you look at the tape, he got uh, he has a lot of skill. Um, he doesn't have breakaway speed, which at one hundred ninety five pounds, I guess you would like to see that. But that doesn't mean he's going to be a bad pro. I think that it'll end up being a situation where uh, he get, gets pushed down in the draft a little bit. But he could go and run a 4-5 at his pro day and still have the scouts go, okay, this guy this guy will be fine. Um, I think the hard thing with him is that – you, you have a lot of guys that will do that. They'll try to manipulate their, uh, combine and the pro. So they'll try to bulk up and get heavier for the combine and then say, no, I'm not going to run, uh, because they've added six or seven pounds that they don't normally carry. And then they drop that, that weight when they, and then run it on their home track where they feel comfortable and they feel like they can run a fast time. Uh, Williams catches the ball extremely well. He's got very good lateral movement. Um, he can run between the tackles, but at 5'9", 195 pounds, uh, you probably don't want him carrying the ball, you know, a dozen times a game up the middle. I think he'll settle into uh, a complementary role, which I feel like is what he was always destined for anyways. Uh, there's only about – three guys at the top of the order, the top of the draft that you, that I think are look that look like they can come in and take over. And then you've got some other guys like, um, Oh, Zamir white, Rashad white, um, that are bigger backs. Uh, I think, what is it? Uh, the I think who's the guy out of Florida? What was his name? Damon Pierce, I think. Yeah, Damian Pierce. Yeah, there he is. Um, that have the size to carry the ball. Even Brian Robinson, though, he's not terribly athletic. Um, but there are some guys that I think may stumble into a role, a la Chris Carson in Seattle when he was, uh, you know, he was, a, I think, a sixth-round draft pick and kind of stumbled into a role and was able to hold on to it. Uh It'll be nice to, to watch and see how it plays out. Landing spot is going to be really, really key with a lot of these guys. And Kyron Williams is no different. I think if he if he were to go somewhere that ran like the uh, – where he could f- fulfill the Alvin Kamara type pass catching role, even though he's not as dynamic as Kamara, 
that's kind of the offense I would see him fitting best in. Yeah, and, you know, I think the combine probably hurt some of his hype a little bit, but I'm with you. We're at the kind of time and stage where seeing landing spot, draft capital, you know, if there's a team that went through interviews and falls in love with him after his pro day and takes him in the third round, you're still, um, you know, you're still probably looking at somebody that you're interested in taking. I think one of my takeaways, too, from the rest of the running back group is there we, we had mentioned on Friday, or I had, I was curious to see if any of those guys kind of established themselves or really took off. And I didn't think we saw a big uh, group of people kind of jumping, jumping up in there. And it is perfect timing. You mentioned Kyron Williams and Matt Bruning appears. Oh no, that's a bad thing. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We were just, we were just talking about the, uh, the RB uh, combine and we were talking about Williams uh, did not have a great performance. How are you feeling about him after the combine? You know, it's it's hard to say because I, I consistently tell people do not overrate or don't double count, right? That's the, that's what everybody says. Don't double count the combine. But it's really hard to not double count what Kyron Williams did on Saturday. I mean, he did look good in the drills, which is kind of what his game is. If you watch him on tape, I think he's one of the best pass blockers in this class. He's got really good feet. But obviously not coming in over or at least – really close to 200 pounds and then running like what an offensive lineman runs. It's not great. Like I think it's likely going to affect his draft capital, even if he goes out there and has a really good pro day, at which case that's probably why I'm fading him now. I mean, he was pretty locked into RB four for me, but if he goes in like the fourth or fifth round, I mean, I think you have to drop him in your rookie draft. So there's no way you can take him there. If a guy like, you know, Rashad white, Samir white, kind of jump him draft capital wise and and with what they've shown in the combine and what they put on on tape as well i think unfortunately we probably have to fade kyron some the the hope was he was going to be austin eckler and while austin eckler was a little bit smaller he was a whole hell of a lot faster so was philip Lindsay, right like you talk about those smaller backs the one thing they have is speed and kyron showed us he does not have that yeah the the hope was austin eckler and he turned out to be clyde edwards alaire yeah yeah so you know we talked about him a little bit is there anyone and i'll kick it to you first dennis any one running back uh, aside from the big three that stood out to you at the combine that that maybe caught um, your eye i like liked rashad white um you know six foot 214 pounds well he only had two years of uh fbs production he rushed for a thousand yards last year caught 43 pass protection, but he's good at catching the ball. And at 214 pounds, I feel like it's just about technique and reps for him. Um, And then Zamir White looked real well, but I'm a big fan of James White. I I tweeted out over the weekend with the combine. I said, James White is who you, or not, yeah, James White, or James Cook, excuse me. James Cook uh, is who you wanted Kyron Williams to be. Um, You know, Cook looked good. He 4-4-1. He's always been a great pass catcher, uh, 195 pounds, I think, 199, somewhere in there is what he weighed in at, uh, 5'10". So I think he's going to be a guy that has brings a, a dynamic pass catching, uh, 
You know, pairing him and Zamir White in the NFL is kind of almost perfect. You got the big bruiser and then the pass catching back, which would be funny if a team did that. I would laugh my ass off. Uh, but those, those are a couple of guys I think that jumped out to me. Is there anyone uh, that jumped out to you, Matt? I mean, Garrett's guy, Zamir White, right? I mean, he, he's kind of been pumping him up, talking about how good he uh, has looked on film. I thought he had a, a really good combine. Zonovan Knight looked pretty good as well outside of, uh, you know, the top three guys. I mean, the, the big ones, Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall, in my opinion. I mean, both guys, weigh, like Brees Hall weighed in, pretty much came in exactly what we were expecting and then ran faster than any of us were expecting. And then Kenneth Walker, there was a lot of fear that he wasn't going to be 200 comes in over 200 by a good amount and then runs faster than Brees Hall. I think that helped both of them possibly jump Isaiah Spiller, who was RB one for a lot of people. And then as Dennis mentioned, Rashad white, I think Rashad white's probably the biggest winner out of all of the running backs. Cause I mean, Brees Hall was, for the most part, everybody had him as like one or two. So him jumping Isaiah Spiller, if you had him at two, is probably not a massive win because he was already up there where Rashad White was a guy, you know, some were talking about as maybe like the sixth or seventh running back in this class. He, after this weekend, may have just vaulted himself up to RB4 with Kyron's poor f- performance as well. A committed team. Helping you get to what Matt. I don't know who. I, don't I just know that I just know that we're a committed oh. team. That that was that was all Dennis was trying to to convey to everybody. I think. I was like, oh my god, who is it? Um, okay, well, we talked about uh, some guys that maybe um, didn't have a great comment at Bind, but I wanted to before we don't talk tons about defense, but uh, Jordan Davis, pretty. Uh, fantastic 4.78 for a uh, for a big man up there he was probably going to be the top defensive tackle anyway do we think he may have boosted himself into top 10 consideration you're muted uh, it, it comes a lot a lot of it comes down to the team needs uh, he you know there are some concerns about uh, being in a heavy rotation, not playing a ton of snaps, um, not being in the greatest shape. He ran really, really well. Uh, how many times is he going to have to run like that in the NFL? It, at defensive tackle, it's all about short area quickness and explosion. So as long as he has that, uh, I think that's going to be good for him. Uh, I, I I think right now a lot of people are looking at him and, and feeling like he's going to be a, a a giant Aaron Donald, and I don't see that from his game. I think he's going to be a really good defensive tackle that's strong enough to push the pocket, can make some plays, and maybe get more sacks than most defensive tackles. But I also think he's going to end up uh, – he's going to have to work himself into NFL shape or he's going to end up with uh, pretty limited snaps. Yeah, I mean, I think all the buzz is that he's going to be top 15 for sure, right? Him him and his teammate, uh, Devontae Wyatt. So I, I would be very surprised if he falls out of that. Uh, I'm obviously with Dennis as well. Some of that I think was just how much depth they had on that deep, not just that defensive line, just that defense in general at Georgia. Maybe he didn't have to run that many reps, but that's definitely a question I'm sure is going to be asked of him is, you know, limited reps, how much does that matter in the NFL? Maybe he starts off slow but, but comes on strong, but I mean, that big man right there running running his 40 at, a, what was it, 478 is just, uh, 
it, it's ridiculous. I mean, I'm, I'm very excited to see where he goes, and I imagine he's not falling out of I would bet they both go top 10, but but no worse than top 15. I mean, it's crazy that he, he's lost like 35 pounds since the season ended, too. All I know is a lot of mocks had him going to the Chargers, and after that combine, I'm really hoping he goes higher than that, just as, you know, somebody who has a rooting interest with the Broncos. Uh, so the other big piece of news from the combine is this is the last year of the contract with Indianapolis. So it's possible it goes back to Indianapolis, possible it goes to Los Angeles, possible it goes to Las Vegas, possible it goes right into Matt's backyard in Dallas. Do you guys have any preference, Matt? Would you be excited if it was in Dallas? I mean, I'd be excited because I could go to it and not have to spend a whole lot of money to go all the way to Indy. Uh, but from everybody I know that has been there, and we saw a lot of it on Twitter, uh, I saw at least a lot of it on Twitter, at least on my time on the past couple of days, that it needs to stay in Indy. Just seems like they are really well set up for that. I, I do think it'd be kind of cool if they maybe moved it around here and there. They said it, if it ever did come to Dallas, it, it would be fun to be able to go because it probably, I'd imagine it'd either be at the Star, which is their their training facility in Frisco, which is like an hour and a half drive for me, or somewhere by the stadium, which is about a 30-minute drive. Would be awesome to be able to go see all that stuff in person. I have to spend all the money to fly to Indianapolis to get a hotel. But uh, Indy seems like it's, it's done a great job with it since it's had it. I, I don't know that it necessarily needs to move. Yeah, it's it's one of the, it's it's one of those things that's an institution, and the old timers are going to be like, "Don't move it. It needs to stay in Indianapolis. It's classic. That's where it goes." Um, but I mean, how's it worked out moving the draft? That seems to work out pretty well. And I think all things considered, if they can execute all of the same drills somewhere else and make more money by moving it around, they're going to move it. It's all about the money. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was going to bring up the draft part about that is the one thing that I'd like to see, because I do think that that's really brought in added extra fun element to drafts is having those home crowds there. Like I really would be intrigued to see if that continued and that if that worked with the combine as well. Like I know when I was watching at times, they said they had about 10,000 people in there, 10,000 fans in there. Like, would they be able to fill up more places? And not that fans don't want to go to Indy to watch the combine, but if they did move it around, like, would that be one of those things like the draft where it's an experience? You're like, you know what? Like, I want to go see it in person, so I'm going to buy a ticket. And I do think it'd probably be more fun for the players who are there running their 40s. Like, maybe it's because I can't remember what happened to me last week, but I don't remember last – well, last year was COVID, so that's probably why I don't remember yeah, that. I don't even a think couple they had of a years, combine. They didn't. That's what I was about to say. That makes sense while I'm not remembering anything from last year. A couple of years ago, I don't really remember there being that many fans cheering and applauding players as they ran 40s and everything. Like That was kind of a cool thing to watch on there. Like Those wide receivers run that all excited. You hear all the fans cheering for them like – would be kind of cool to see that move around, especially if they're rooting for like, you know, if it does come here to Texas and there's, you know, say that's next year and B. John Robinson's out there running his 40 and you have all these Texas fans in there cheering him on as he's doing it. It would be probably a very cool experience. I'm personally pulling for Las Vegas. And then I think we should do live shows all week from the combine. I would concur. All right, Dennis. Well, uh, that is a good segue. Tell the people how they can win some money. Well, if Calvin Ridley had listened to me, he'd be playing hoops right now and, and hoops in October of last year, November, 
Uh, Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, 21 and older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 1-877-846-7369. That's 1-877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text hope new york 467 so close. so close. Did I freeze? <laughs> yeah, that's all right. We got the Hope New York, mm-hmm. or as we like to call it here, Hope Any. Uh, well, as as mentioned at the top of the show, uh, legal tampering period begins a week from today, free agency a week from Wednesday. A lot of talk going on. If we- I'm not mistaken, I believe Ross claims he was in during the legal tampering period. all right so uh what we're going to do today is we are going to look at a few notable quarterbacks who could be on the move i'm going to give a name and we are all going to make our best guess of where they play in 2022 it is just that simple and we're going to start with the man the myth the 24-hour news cycle aaron Rodgers, who has promised that he will end all of our suffering on tuesday afternoon one person speculated he might have just jumped out and done it tonight because he was starting to lose the attention thanks to calvin ridley's suspension but he has promised to give some kind of indication of where he might play uh tomorrow dennis where is that going to be it's going to be in green bay i mean the team it's they're going to franchise Devonte adams they're going to restructure his deal with an extension uh he'll get some more money they've got a great opportunity to win uh, Bakhtari, who's one of his best friends, is there. He's not going anywhere. They have a good defense. Uh, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. It's, I mean, I, I don't I don't see the allure outside of somebody saying, we're going to give you so much money and we're going to give Green Bay so much capital that it makes sense, at which point it won't make sense for whoever acquires him. So I I think he's staying in Green Bay. I mean, the logical answer is Green Bay. But the one thing I will say is I think 
all three teams that he's listed might be better set up for future success than Green Bay in Denver, Pittsburgh, and Tennessee. And I know that's crazy to say, but I mean, Green Bay's losing a lot of free agents. I don't know that defense is going to be quite as good as they were last year. I mean, Denver, you've got all those weapons. You've got a great defense if he does go there. Pittsburgh, same thing. I mean, I know they've got a bad offensive line, but in my opinion, he's also... For all the drama he causes, he is one of the smarter quarterbacks in the league. I don't think the offensive line is going to be that big of an issue for him. And then Tennessee, I mean, we saw what Tennessee was able to do with Ryan Tannehill, of all people. If if, if he goes there, like, I do think he stays in Green Bay, but part of me would love to see him just kind of move on and, and see what happens. He, he's a guy that I'd love to see ride out his career with one team because we rarely see that. And I feel like he is a Green Bay Packer. But, hell, if Tom Brady is going to go play for another team, why the hell not Aaron Rodgers? Let's mix it up, baby. Let's Denver doesn't need to go get a quarterback now in the draft. They trade that first-round pick. They get Aaron Rodgers. They're an instant Super Bowl contender. Same with Pittsburgh. Same with Tennessee. Like, whoever gets Aaron Rodgers, I think they're going to be the favorites to win the Super Bowl. And I want Denver – I want Denver because that's two matchups a year against Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. Oh man, that's that's like those are going to be primetime games every single week and I'm I'm going I'm here for it. You know, I thought we were friends, but then every, you know, twice a week I just learned that that we're not we're just acquaintances. No. Uh I think he stays in Green Bay. Um I'm kind of over Aaron Rodgers a little bit because he's because of some of his behavior and spectacle. And I have to be honest, that whole going on Pat McAfee every week, that would not play here. Um, That would play very poorly here. Uh, It doesn't take long for people here to turn on you. I think people forget after the success he had, but Peyton Manning actually drew booze in like his second or third game because Denver started out one and four and he was throwing interceptions. I don't know. Be careful what you wish for. Well, I, I you know, if Rodgers goes to Pittsburgh, uh, he may not throw a lot of interceptions, but he'll probably set a new career high for passes thrown away to avoid interceptions. Yeah. So number two on the list, another guy who uh, seems to be consummately rumored for trades last two seasons. That's Russell Wilson. He's still under contract in Seattle. Uh Pete Carroll seems optimistic that they've patched things up and that uh, they have no intention of moving him. Do you agree, Matt? I kind of feel like I do, but I'd love to see him go to Pittsburgh. Better weapons, slightly better offensive line. Not much, but we've seen how good he can play with the shitty offensive line. And Pittsburgh's a slight upgrade. And then you get a guy like Najee Harris. I mean, playing for Tomlin, who, again, I, I will continue to say is one of the best coaches in the NFL, like, and I think they could probably make it happen, right? Like, they've got a decent first-round pick. I think they're built to win now. Like, if they trade their first, second, and maybe, like, a first down the line, I think Seattle does that. That's a, that's a They can rebuild on the fly, getting that, that great draft capital right there, probably get their quarterback in this draft to build around if they don't want to build around Geno Smith or if they want to trade and take Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph off the Steelers' hands. I'm sure they'll send them. And, you know, I think that'd be a great place for Russell Wilson to go. But I do think at the end of the day, he probably stays with Seattle because I I know he gave an interview recently as well saying that, like, Seattle's home. That's where he's raised his kids. His family's all there. He just, for the first time in what feels like a year, he seemed more resigned to being happy in Seattle than we've kind of heard the rumors be leading up into this. So I do think he actually stays. Yeah, I I think there's a lot of 
you know, media circus around him. There's a lot around Rodgers, too, though. There's a lot of circus with Rodgers. Uh, I, I think Russ stays. I, I, I don't know that there was really anything to patch up between him and Pete. I think it came down more to was Pete going to retire? And I, I think if Pete retired, then Russ wants out. He's like, if you're gonna, if you're gone, I don't, I don't need to, I don't want to be part of a rebuild here. I want to go somewhere where I can compete. I'm 34 years old. I think I've earned that. Well, Pete's not going to retire. Yes, they have probably the same issues they've always had, as in uh, they don't invest in their offensive line. Uh, but you got DK Metcalf, you got Tyler Lockett. Uh, I, I don't know that, you know, when I look at it, I don't know that I, I'd like to see Russ anywhere else at this stage of his career. Yeah, I think he ends up probably staying in Seattle as well. Our third guy, one of the more polarizing, Deshaun Watson. Do you think he get moved somewhere? Do you think he plays, Dennis? I think Deshaun Watson should go to the Island of Misfit Toys, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hmm. I, I think he would be he'd be the best quarterback they've had there in seven years, five years. Probably you know, ever. Ben's been down for quite a while. You know, he's got the legal stuff he's got to take care of, and and he'll probably end up serving a suspension this year at what point are they going to go time served you know it's it's like uh, it, it's hard to say but he's got a, he's got a good mobility the hard part is that you know with teams like Pittsburgh is what do they have to give up you know if you're giving up first and second round picks you need those because you need to draft offensive linemen to keep this new quarterback upright they, they, they need to build there as well as get somebody uh, like Deshaun Watson. But I, I think, you know, Watson, I, I, don't, I don't know how. I, I can't fathom a scenario he stays in Houston. Um, I also can't fathom a scenario where Houston gets five to six pieces in return uh, meaning picks and players total for him. Uh, to me, you know, uh, Easterby's smoking crack if he thinks that's what he's going to get. Yeah, I mean, I think Pittsburgh could be a good spot. I mean, I, I mentioned that with Russell Wilson, uh, Mike Tomlin, got Brian Flores there as well. I think Mike Tomlin's the kind of head coach that could weather that. Uh, the the storm because I'm sure there's going to be some blowback wherever Deshaun Watson goes just based on what happened off the field. Um, and I think the Steelers organization could as well. I think they are one of the better, well, more well-run organizations as well. They have a lot of respect and clout. So I think they could bounce back from that if they brought him in. I just don't know who trades for him. I don't know that he gets suspended from the whole season. Uh, you know, Roger Goodell doesn't ever seem to go with the time serve policy. So I think they're probably going to hit him with like an eight to 10 game suspension and suspension. That'll probably get worked down through arbitration to like four or five games. Um, you know, I thought my, I don't think Miami's in play anymore. So I really don't know. Like, I actually don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that he stays in Houston. I, I mean, 
no one else is going to trade for him, and I don't think they cut him. If, if you know, whatever, because it does seem like they're moving towards some kind of legal end to whatever happened off the field. We don't know the full story. I'm not going to dive into it. I'm going to be honest. I haven't even looked into it because I don't care. Uh, I don't want to know the things that he did or didn't do. I'm happy living in the, in the you know, in the cave over here about that stuff. Uh, but if he does end up getting cleared to play after he settles with everything that happened and he gets hit with that suspension, don't think the Texans cut him. And if they can't trade for him, I don't see why he would. You're not going to continue to pay him whatever it is. $8 million a game or whatever they're on the hook for and just leave them on the bench. I don't think anybody wants to continue to do that. So I think at worst he might or likely is back with the Texans this year. Yeah, I think he's back with the Texans too. I would say going back to the, he can't really get tagged for time served because the NFL made it very clear last year that they had no intention of suspending him. It was the Texans decision to deactivate him. He paid, he was paid his full salary it was their choice not to play him, not the leagues. And I, I know from a fan perspective, we think of that, especially as fantasy managers for like, dude sat out a year. Well, his team elected to sit him out of the year. I I'm, I tend to be with you. I think he ends up staying in Texas uh, with the uh, Texans. Yeah. Really quick on Pittsburgh though, too, because we, we mentioned trading the picks away. They are top 12 in cap space. So if they trade those picks away, there's a couple offensive linemen available in free agency. If they get Russ or, or Deshaun, if they make that trade, I'm sure they could figure out a way to rework those deals a little bit and possibly bring in an offensive lineman or two. And then you kind of, like I said, you're, you're repairing on the fly a little bit because I do think with that defense and some of the weapons they have on offense, they are ready to go now to try and win another Super Bowl. Well, our next guy is somebody that we can pretty much be guaranteed will be with a new team next year, and that is Jimmy Garoppolo, probably one of the more attractive potential trade targets for QB needy teams, which is uh, seems like 75% of the league. So, Matt, where do you think he ends up? I mean, the perfect fit is the Carolina Panthers, right? Like, that's just what they do. They bring in these bad quarterbacks who are not at all going to work out. Um, I really don't know. I mean, clearly, I think San Francisco is going to trade him. It, it seems like they've pretty much all but made that well known. But who really needs one? I mean, maybe Pittsburgh if they can't get a Russ Wilson or Deshaun Watson. Because, like, I, I don't know that they trade up to grab a quarterback. I don't know what quarterback falls. Like, maybe Hal... He, he, I think, would be the perfect fit for Pittsburgh, but does he fall all the way down to, I think, they have pick 20? If not, you know, maybe Indy. Indy seems like a safe bet with them probably moving on from Carson Wentz. You know, I don't know that Jimmy G's much of a step up from Carson Wentz. He's probably a little bit of a step up. So if, if I had to bet, I can't say Washington because I hope somebody else goes to Washington. So I'm going to go Indy or Pittsburgh, I guess, would be my top guesses. I mean, I, I feel like Jimmy's a real good fit for Indianapolis. Um, a good offensive line, a good running game. Um, he's not, you know, part of the issue with Wentz is he'll play hero ball and turn the ball over, uh, or he'll try to run and turn the ball over. Jimmy just doesn't do that kind of stuff. He may make a, an errant throw now and again, but he doesn't, start to force the ball in where it shouldn't go. Um, I, I could see him fitting there. You know, Washington, probably another good fit. That, uh, they could use some help on the offensive line. Um, he's he's going to go somewhere. I mean, I, I can't imagine 
they keep him in San Francisco, I mean, they could. Uh, he, he, you know, had the surgery, so that's going to depress his trade market some. Uh, you know, there's mixed uh, stories about just how well Trey Lance is doing. I don't know how much of uh, how much weight you give to some of the sources there, but uh, yeah, I feel like that. I feel like they're gonna that Lance should be the starter there, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing Garoppolo in, in Indianapolis. That's where I'd like to see him go. I don't know why, but I think he ends up in Tampa Bay. That was going to be my next one. I was just thinking about that. You know, he back he he backed up Tom Brady for all those years. I would, I don't, I just don't see Bruce Arians riding with Kyle Trask. They don't seem to be in a great position to grab a rookie. I'm not sure Arians wants to try to go through developing somebody out of this class. So, just a feeling. Well, we mentioned we might see Jimmy in Indianapolis. Uh, what do you guys feel about Carson Wentz? Dennis, do you think he um, – take it that you think he goes on the move somewhere? Honestly, I don't think he does. I, You know, I, I think they have – I feel like they have to keep him and, and go. Maybe they bring in competition that's not uh, Jacob Eason or, or Sam Ellinger. Um but I do think that, you know, in the right circumstances, Wentz has performed. I don't know if it's just simply a confidence thing, like what enough hits, you make enough mistakes, and you just kind of at some point you're like, oh, I just don't know. Now I'm afraid to pull the trigger or I'm going to throw the ball away and I, I underhand lob it to a defensive back at the three-yard line and he returns it for a touchdown. I, you know, he played well enough that he, he should be better. I just can't understand why, why he just is sliding backwards and backwards and backwards at some point. I mean, but then again, if you look at it, Nick Foles has kind of done the same thing for his whole career. He'll have a few good games, a nice long, a nice stretch of games. And then when he gets a shot, he shits the bed. So maybe that's just kind of where he is, I guess. Yeah, I don't see him as anything more than a backup, at least this year. Uh, I, I know it's not the strongest quarterback class, but, uh, you know, realistically, he's had one good season in the NFL. Like, it, it's crazy because myself included, I, I really harp on that season. He should have won an MVP had he not blown his knee out at the goal line, diving in for a touchdown. And then we all kind of like, I think fantasize and make that season maybe all Carson Wentz. And outside of that season, he hasn't done much. I don't know that a team bets on him at this point. I think he's likely going somewhere. Maybe, like maybe he goes somewhere and is given an opportunity to compete for a starting job, but I don't know anybody brings him in to be a starter. I do think Indy, Indy just cuts him. I mean, they made the trade. Uh, GM's name is, is not coming to me at the moment for some reason. I can't think of what his name is. Uh, it's not Ryan Grigson. That was the guy beforehand. He was a horrible GM. GM. Who, who's there? Who's the Colts GM now? I can't remember. Ballard. Ballard. Ballard is 
Ballard is not the kind of GM that's going to be afraid to to just cut his losses. I think he he realizes that trade's just not going to work out. I think he just lets once go, and and I think he probably ends up on a team to either back up or compete for a starting job. But I don't I don't think he's starting next year. Well, I mean, he I feel like he's got to get somebody better, and there's not a lot of people on this list that are going to be moving that are better. And I don't think anybody in this rookie class, unless somebody outperforms expectations is going to be able to come in and be a starter over Wentz. Yeah, and that's, for me, the sunk cost is that they lose their first-round pick, and I that's part of my argument. I think he may end up actually staying on the Colts roster, and they either bring in competition or draft somebody where they can in the second round uh, to try to make a move. But without get, you're not going to get a first back for Carson Wentz after that season. Um, so he might just be a guy that ends up stuck there. Probably one of the more interesting names on this list, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. He had a career year in Denver, which uh, amounted to seven and seven, and uh, people being glad that he's probably not coming back to Denver, which probably tells you where he's at. But where do you think he goes in free agency? Back up. I, I don't care. I don't. I don't think he's. He's not staying in Denver. Like he, he's he's the kind of guy I think that goes to San Francisco and backs up Trey Lance. I, I think he's going somewhere uh, where he he's gonna be a backup somewhere with somebody that's gonna be told that they're they're getting the job. You know, maybe he goes to Chicago and backs up Fields. Um, you know, maybe maybe he goes to Minnesota, back to Minnesota, backs up Kirk, but I, I I feel like he's he's in that Colt McCoy arena now, where you, you like to have him on your team because he's a solid backup, he's a team guy, and if you have to put him in for a couple games, he's probably not going to cost you, but you know if you have to start him for twelve games, that you know you should be evaluating the draft pretty hard yeah i thought about this i think he goes back to new orleans um had some some success there they liked him there and i think new orleans is a team that's probably gonna take a little bit of a step back i mean for what it's worth he's had some success pretty much everywhere it just has never been sustained I'm going to lump these next two guys together. These are two veterans on high price contracts. There's been some talk about whether they get moved. Do you guys think one, both, or neither of them moves? And that's Kirk Cousins in Minnesota and Matt Ryan in Atlanta. I'll throw it to you first, Matt. Uh, Cousins for sure, no. Uh, I mean, he's got, what is it? If he gets cut this year, the dead cap is $45 million or traded. I don't think anybody's paying that, even if they want to get out from next year. He's an undrafted free or He's a free agent, unrestricted free agent. Just let him go. You got one year with him. Let, let him go. Matt Ryan, I don't have his. I was trying to pull it up, but I, I kind of think the same thing. I, I don't think that he's going anywhere either. I mean, he wasn't that bad last year. In my opinion, he wasn't at least the reason that they lost some of the games that they did. It was their defense. So his dead cap is 48. You know, 40 million and then yeah. next year is 15 i feel like 15 is probably a little bit easier to digest if he, if he's bad i think you stick with them maybe you grab a quarterback this year since you passed on justin fields last year um and and let him sit for a year behind matt ryan but i don't think either one of those guys are going anywhere 
Yeah, I think Kirk is staying. Um, I can't see any reason to move him. The only reason I think Ryan would get moved is if they go into a complete rebuild and they're trying to get something like uh, capital um, so they can start to build towards their rebuild. But that I, you know, Ryan's his contract's what, like 40 mil or something? You know, they're probably going to have to eat at least half of that if they trade him. Yeah, I don't think either of those veterans are going anywhere. And if I'm a Minnesota fan, I'm also feeling a little blue because they're talking about uh, doing a contract extension with Kirk Cousins because uh, the suffering will never end. Beatings will continue until morale improves. Uh, we're going to go rapid fire with these last couple of guys, uh, guys that are probably looking to try to get a second chance. The first of those, Marcus Mariota, wasn't terrible when he was in Tennessee, spent the last couple of years uh, as a backup with the Raiders. Dennis, do you think he lands somewhere and gets a shot? I think he should, but I I, I feel like there's there's an there's sort of a, a an aura around him now that he's settled in nicely behind Carr. It, I don't get the I'm rehabbing my stock feel from him, which is after after his departure from Tennessee, that's what it should be. Uh, I'd love to see him maybe in Washington. Uh, I think that would be a good fit for him. Uh, Tampa, maybe. Uh, I, I think he deserves a shot. Whether he gets one, you know, the NFL has just been so funny lately. Some people are getting it, some people aren't. You know, New Orleans would be a good opportunity. Hell, even if uh, if if the uh, I think that would be a nice spot for him. I don't know that he gets a chance to be a starter. Um, if he does, I think Washington is probably Washington or New Orleans are probably the best spot for him to go. I, I think a good place to him for him would probably be Philly. They run an offense. I think that's conducive to his skill set. Backup Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts gets hurt, or if they finally decide Jalen Hurts isn't the answer. Uh, and maybe they want to give Marcus Mariota a shot. That that'd be a place to go. I, I think Philly, or or honestly, staying in Las Vegas and backing up Derek Carr, probably his best options. Yeah, I think he might end up going somewhere where they take a rookie, and he has a chance to be a bridge quarterback. And I don't know why, but Pittsburgh and Denver are two places that I I think he could end up. Our next one, uh, Jameis Winston, looked like he was going to have his chance to be the guy for uh, New Orleans. Knee injury kind of knocked that out. Do we think he goes anywhere, gets a shot? I, I think he's. I think they tried to keep him in New Orleans. Yeah, it just seems like the the best fit right now. I don't know that if they don't get like a Jimmy G or something. I think it just seems. I know you love Taysom Hill. I don't think that he's going to be the future quarterback there. So I think they got to get somebody, and they can probably bring Winston in on a fairly cheap contract for at least a year. I don't know why, but part of me really wants him to go back to Tampa Bay just to see. That that's not going to happen. Bruce Arians no, is very open and honest yeah. about that. Last guy on our list, a guy who, uh, you know, maybe – saw his stock improve the most by not playing in 2021. And that's Mitch Trubisky kind of seemed like we're, uh, was ridden out on a rail in Chicago, signed a backup deal in Buffalo, never really played. We saw how unsuccessful 
Fields and Dalton were with Nagy last year, 2021. So Mitch Trubisky back out on the market. Matt, do you think he gets a shot? There's two places, one of which I'm not loving all the rumors, and that's to back up this guy or compete with that guy in Cleveland. I don't know that that would be a great move for the Browns, mostly because both those guys, I mean, in my opinion, have literally nothing in common. Uh, I don't think either one of their games translates very well. If he does go there, I'd be interested to see, obviously, if he's able to beat out Baker. I don't think he's quite as good. A place that I think could be an interesting place for him to go is a team we just mentioned, the New Orleans Saints. I mean, got the I don't know the name of him off the top of my head, but the offensive coordinator trained under Sean Payton. Those guys have worked together for years. They both had an infatuation with Taysom Hill. Well, who's maybe not quite the athletic version, but probably a faster, better passing version of Taysom Hill? That's Mitch Trubisky, and you might not have to pay that much money to get him because I don't know how many other teams are going to be reaching out. I think he does deserve to get another shot. We saw him have a really good season with Matt Nagy. Then when that offense was figured out, he wasn't able to adjust. But at times, Mitch looked really good. I think a lot of that was on Nagy. I'd love to see him get another shot. I think New Orleans could be a really good place for Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, it, it feels like Trubisky is going to end up in Washington or maybe in New York fighting for uh, Daniel Jones's job. Uh, I mean, he – He's kind of at the top of the wish list as far as reclamation projects are going right now. So having him go to Carolina, if they don't draft a quarterback, I, I don't hate that. Denver. <laughs> Sam Darnold or Mitch Trubisky. Welcome to the Matt Rule era. I mean, I, I think he could be successful in Denver. You know, by successful, I mean – He's probably going to be middle of the pack, somewhere between, uh, you know, 12 and 18 for fantasy. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of buy into the uh, the Nagy effect on him. I mean, we saw it with uh, Adam Gase and what he did to a lot of players, and it kind of seems like uh, Nagy did that as well. Yeah, you know, I said it last offseason, I was kind of interested to see if uh, Denver take a chance on Mitch Trubisky because I, I personally, I don't think Denver's going to get one of these big quarterbacks in a trade. I think they're probably going to end up taking one of the uh, flyer on one of these guys in the second round, still have Locke under contract. We have the head coach now who's going to be calling the plays that was the offensive coordinator that willed Blake Bortles to the AFC Championship game. Uh, we have better weapons than that Jaguars team had. And I think Mitch Trubisky might be a guy that's better than we realize because we saw with him out of there, Chicago, actually their passing offense was worse last year, which is interesting enough. So I'm, I'm with you. I hope Mitch gets a chance to at least play somewhere, um, gets a shot, because uh, he's always going to be kind of unfairly maligned because the team chose to trade up and take him over Deshaun Watson, which is not something he had a role in. Well, I mean, that, he could have played worse in college. And, <laughs> come I mean, on. He had that. I mean, he could have. Oh, <laughs> spicy take. Well, that's going to do it uh, for today. Uh, we will be back on Friday. Uh, looking at the franchise tag deadline and all the players that got franchise tag, probably look at a few more free agency previews in terms of running backs, receivers, tight ends, because we'll know who is actually going to be available. 
but for now, have a great night. Prepare for glory! Come on up, you got your popcorn ready. You got your popcorn ready. I came out the room, I was ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Only tackle him at the 40-yard line. Who can make a play?